All right, yo, we're live. This is the Beat People podcast episode 45. Is that right? It feels like it says, oh, wow. Yeah, so, so yo, let's just get into it. Um, we're fresh off of a really cool event, but I want to do, um, let's go round table. I got my crew in the place, the usual suspects and a couple new faces. Uh, let's start from, from over here. Aaron, what's going on, brother? Hey, how's it going? You know, I'm always here, having a good time. Happy to be back home after a long, great trip in L.A. So, word, man, seen things like you was on a on a war tour with Muhammad, my man, going <laughs> in every place with a mic in my hand. It's good to have you, man. Yeah, man. Good it was to good to here. see you in person too, man. Absolutely. Word. And then we got my man Ali, the architect. What's up, brother? Yo, yo. What's going on, y'all? How y'all Chill. doing today? Good, good, man. Welcome to the show. This is your first show. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, man. I'm really excited about this. I'm glad to be able to meet some of y'all at, um, you know, Senseplex and chop it up with y'all. You know, it was, it was great. Yeah, man. I, I'm, I really enjoyed the the entire event, man. It was a lot of positivity. And I was real glad that you were there. We had um, uh, the homeboy, Why Not? Why Notism? Yeah, yeah. From uh, Rocksteady Crew, he was there. Just, just a lot of good people. It was good vibes. So yeah, glad yeah. to have you on the show. Yeah, Yo, man, thanks for having me. Before I go any further, I do want to do intros, but we might need to talk about that white keyboard back there. I, I haven't seen that. Yeah, that's the um, Virus Ti too. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know you had that joint. We may need yeah. to may need to holler about that. Uh, Let's keep on going up. down the line. D still, I'm catching you mid swaller. You already know, man. Trying to, trying to stay hydrated with the water. Water. Um, man, water. I'm good, man. It's Saturday. It's a creative. Saturday is always creative days for me. Get to talk to my beat people, folk, and uh, dream up ideas as we have these conversations. So, really dope. That's what's up. And uh, Kenneth. What's happening? Kenneth Jr. today. No, I'm the third. <laughs> I'm the third. Let's get that correct. Oh, excuse My me. My son yeah. is the fourth. Oh, he's the fourth. Uh, you looking like the fourth today. You 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 looking like uh, young Ken. I'm he's expecting you to pop up with a today. Yeah, yeah, I'm expecting you to pop up with a straight jacket like back in the day. Yeah, I hear you on man. stage. I, hear you. <laughs> I just uh I just got like just walked in the door from the uh delaware autism awareness walk so um that was pretty dope we had a great turnout out there at the at the state park and um did a big it's it's like a festival for uh autism awareness so as a lot of people on the show might know my son is uh autistic and i'm on the spectrum as well so um yeah we we go out there each year and and this year we actually had my my wife owns a salon and uh, we actually had our own table and, you know, supporting and doing stuff. So it was pretty dope. Dope, dope. dope. That's dope. real cool, man. Dope, dope. Shout out to everybody that came out of support. That's dope. <clears throat> Word up. And keep moving down the line. We got my man Lee. What's going on, Lee? Hey, not much, man. How y'all? Right, chilling. I like the scene, yo. The scene, uh, the way you got this set up, the way you're positioned in the frame, the way you're Euro racking that, that sparkly... Uh, um Rhodes cap is sitting back there. It, it looked like some sort of album cover, a piece of a video. So it's dope shot. <laughs> Thanks, man. My George Duke, modern George Duke shit going. Yeah, that's what's up. So yeah, hey, so let's just jump in, man. Um, y'all see that I'm I'm rocking this uh mod bap t-shirt. 
yeah, you can yeah. get those on yep. beatpeople.com. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, D still, I got yours right there. I'm gonna try to ship it out either oh, today dope, or Monday. Dope, dope, dope. And uh, yeah, so we had we went out to Synthplex. Um, that wasn't last weekend, right? It was the weekend before last. Yeah, yeah it feels March. It feels like a while ago. It feels like two weeks ago. Yeah, I think yeah it, was it was two weeks. March thirtieth. Um, and so yeah, that was uh probably one of the biggest synth conferences, and it's a it was the first year. Uh, it's kind of akin to Knobcon. And for those that don't know, like, you know, Knobcon is a, is a big synth conference and sort of festival and marketplace that happens in uh, Schaumburg, just outside of Chicago, my hometown. Um, and uh, it's a real cool event. So this was that coming to town. And it, and it, but it's its own thing. It's synthplex. So it's the West Coast sort of equivalent to that or the West Coast uh, California equivalent to Superbooth or something like that. So it was a lot of really dope stuff in the house. So we, it, it, you know, you typically only get to see some of these people at NAMM because I go to NAMM every year. And um, it was a lot of familiar faces. There wasn't a whole lot new, though, there. Was there uh, Aaron and, and uh, Ali? Did you all, you all remember seeing anything new? The only thing new that I saw was the Percussa SSP. Like, I actually, I mean, and we've been seeing that for a while, but we actually got to see see it to you know as simplex so I, I didn't see anything new that you know wasn't at nam really or or i got to put my hands on a lot of things that i haven't been able to put my hands on but yeah new that's dope uh what i did see would you what aaron did you you recall anything that was new out there i don't know if there was too uh, much new i believe was that wmd um sequencer new the red one. The red oh, one. they did show that. Oh, yeah. The Met the yeah, Metron. Right. The Metron. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty dope. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, yeah that was really yeah, that dope. Was um, yeah, he demoed that for me. It was it was pretty dope that they had it. So oh, so there was that. Then there was a uh, noise engineering. My folks at noise engineering they debuted a couple of things, and I, if I understand it right, there was there's two modules that they've had like their complex oscillator and another one. They basically uh, merged them into one unit. And so that was that was their new joint. So mm -hmm. um, and you know what's dope about them, and I gotta I gotta mention. I don't know if y'all realize noise engineering. Um, they are diversifying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they have uh, they're doing uh, they're doing software plugin type stuff for for reason. Oh wow! Um, yeah. yeah. Then they they're doing the. Uh, not the Eurorack modules, but they're doing the bigger, the five, Undefined the five U joint. Yeah, so they're, they're basically converting some of their popular uh, uh, Eurorack modules to five U. So they were showing that stuff too, and then, you know, like they have plugins. So I, I kind of dig that they're going in those directions like that, man. It's actually pretty dope. Yeah. Did you see that um, new distort? They have about three new distortion units that they premiered there as well. Did you get a chance to take a look at those? Yeah, yeah, check them out. Yeah, yeah, they have yeah they're about, they're about four HP. I think they were either four or six HP. They were pretty dope. Yeah, and and low key though, low key. You know, I was at the noise engineering booth and I was looking at uh, something they built to display their stuff. It was like a stand. Um, it was basically a stand. It had legs with one piece of wood and a and a, a, a landing where you could put like a six U skiff and then a speaker at the top. And I was like, "Yo, when I do live shows, I want to wheel something like that up in there." Like, <laughs> oh, is that that? Is that that uh, case you sent us on Instagram, Corey? 
Yeah, man, it was pretty dope. Oh, 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 no, that's another case. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. I wasn't, um, I forgot about that. So let me find this right quick because that case was dope. Um, while I find that, it, uh, was there anything else y'all saw out there? I think, um, we wanted to talk about what was it, the Waldorf Quantum? Yeah, man, I'm interested in that thing. Did, did anybody get a chance to play it while we were there? I had a chance to play. I went to a different synth meet, um, not not long after Synthplex. Uh, you just like out, to be different. Well, yeah. So, so I, I did an event out in Texas, which we can talk about later. But um, yeah, there was also while I was out there doing this sound design uh, uh, project, there was a synth meet out in Texas that I went to, which was real dope. And um, there was a quantum there as well. And they just recently released an update for the quantum that is bananas like oh really oh man it turns each oscillator into like six oscillators oh yeah so, it's, it's like yeah it called, it's crazy they're called kernels crazy kernel synthesis yeah yeah so you could take each oscillator and each oscillator can have six kernels inside of it and each kernel can be a different oscillator so you can have like a wavetable on one like a granular granular on the other like do all kinds of crazy stuff and then I, wow. i'm pretty sure Man, it, it's crazy. Uh, I need four grand. Somebody hook me up. Yeah, no Ooh. shit, man. You can't tell me Ooh. shit like that. <laughs> Yo, I mean, seriously, if there's anybody in the chat that, like, you know, has more money than they know what to do with, whatever. Like, if you're, like, one of those drug lords and, like, rats are eating away 100 grand a, a year or whatever from you, whatever, you can just <laughs> hook me up with a quantum and I'll, I'll be super grateful. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he said if you a drug lord. <laughs> hey, you know what was funny is that I was just watching a um it's funny you say that. I was watching an interview and somebody was saying that they had buried a quarter million of dollars in an airtight, like airtight sealed money in an airtight safe buried in the ground. And when they went to go get it, a hundred thousand of the stacks <laughs> were like smashed together and couldn't couldn't do are, anything with it are it's, you serious yeah that happens that, i'll send y'all a link Damn. that's a whole nother thing that uh, yeah that's what that's what everybody's man. like that really happens um so wow. yeah actually the quantum it's called kernel synthesis it's actually mm. really dope now here's the thing that that the quantum suffers from sometimes when i first saw it i played it and i was like well okay <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't for me yeah but mm -hmm. i think that they've the next time i played it was uh probably about five months ago at a at another synth thing that came to LA. And um, it sounded much better because I feel like there's some sound engineers or some sound designers working on it now. Um, but Ken, on the yeah, real though, I kind of I kind of feel like Ken, you need to be on that sound design team. You did an incredible job with, with this joint right behind me here. With the sound I, used to, uh, I actually used to have some good connects over at Waldorf, but um, I haven't actually talked to any of those cats in a good while. So if anybody from Waldorf is watching, I would love to do some sound design on that thing, like for real, because that's one of the synths that speaks to me as far as like pushing synthesis forward and doing interesting things while keeping analog filters, which I, is always really nice. But there's... There's just so much about that synth that I really like. Axel Hartman knocked it out of the park when he designed the, the interface for that thing. Like, that mm -hmm. thing is so gorgeous. And mm -hmm. 
you know, I kind of spoke to him about how they came up with, you know, the single LED shining on the knob like that. And it was it was really just a happy accident. But I got to say that synth to me is one of the prettiest looking synthesizers I've seen in ages. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it really it's looks beautiful. nice. It's a beautiful synth. How much does. All right. So compared to to me, that thing is a Moog one killer for a lot of reasons. But like, mm -hmm. how much physically does that thing like? How big is it compared to the Moog One? Because the Moog One, one is me, much is much bigger. Um, yeah, but really yeah, that's is. what I was gonna Moog say. That thing, I saw one for the first time, and that shit is massive. It made it was like my yeah. Voyager XL, and I'm just like, never can I have a synth like that again. The Quantum's yeah. not small by any means. I would say like, if you've ever used like an Emacs, it's a it's pretty close to the size of an Emacs. Okay. Um, it's um. It's a bit bigger than I would say a Matrix Brute if you lay the Matrix Brute down. Like, it's maybe not quite as deep, but it's a little bit wider. And, um, it's not heavy yeah. though, right? It's not, it's, it's pretty it's, light. Well, it's metal construction. So, oh, it's, metal it's not light. Wow. Yeah, it is metal construction. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's, not, I wouldn't wow. say that it's a, it's a light synth, but it feels like, in my opinion, it feels like how it should feel. Like, it, it's a, it's a it feels substantial. Synth. It's a quality I mean, build. We're talking about a four thousand dollar synthesizer, really like forty two hundred. I think they are so, somewhere around mm -hmm. there. Um, yeah. I mean, dude, for that price, you better have metal construction, and you better like, like, it better be yeah. winning, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. And I'm gonna tell you, man. I'm gonna tell you in comparison, and and you know, I still haven't given up my dreams of uh of uh having a. A Moog One. I'm gonna have a Moog One, but in comparison, the I mean, the there's no comparison really between the two as far as size. Like it feels like the Quantum is a regular flagship size. Where mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying with a Moog One? Like yo, I got a I got wingspan here, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and I'm sitting there, and I remember when I kind of reached up to one of the knobs, I'm like, damn, my arm is all the way extended. <laughs> While I'm playing, like I'm like this. It was I will crazy. Say, I will say, like you know, those two synths get kind of thrown into the same conversation a lot when we're talking. They're not the same. It's just because, because they're premium nah, synths, nah, nah, nah. but they are so polar opposite as far as what they are. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, do I want that quantum man? Because and I'll be honest with you, like, like five different types of sampling as it is right now. And now you're saying they updated it to do a bunch of shit. Yeah, but yeah one you got I, I will say this. The the two the two schools wow. of thought are are so polar opposite, and it's like okay, if you want that um, that kind of vintage thick sound of, of an analog synth, it's like yeah, my opinion start looking more towards the the one, the mm -hmm. the Waldorf to me every time I've played it, and I've played it maybe four times now, um, it does not evoke that at all, like at all. And that's not to say that it couldn't if, you know, I got to know it better and I really started sound designing on it. But to me, it's like all about the weird shit you can do on it, like resonators mm. and, you know, just, you know, just strange. Yeah. You know, I like the digital stuff that's in that. I'm not scared of digital synths. I think digital synths should Absolutely. be exalted the same way analog are. They're just different. The main thing oh, to yeah, me because they, they do they damn well at what they do. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you have a digital synth that has a dope user interface and sounds good, I'm every bit as happy to play that as I am a dope analog synth that has a great user interface as well. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean, especially mm -hmm. getting, you know, poly. You need a digital synth if you want poly. You know, well, I mean, doing it, I mean, not, I'm not saying that you need it, but. I mean, it's well. It has been pretty tough to come by up until recently. I'm not <laughs> angry. I'm not I mean, angry just, at digital just up. 
four oscillators all the time. And like, I mean, if I was to wire up four oscillators, you know, to have some poly, that would take up most of my rig. You know what I mean? Well, here's what I'm going to say, though. Like, I'm not mad at a digital synth that has, like, say, eight voices or something or 16 voices. Like, I'm not mad at a digital synth that uses all its processing power for a small amount of voices, but high quality right. versus, mm -hmm. you know, an analog synth that has about the same amount of voices. Like, like I'd rather have less voices but all like same amount of processing power and less voices to get high quality sound, like good, good filters, amazing oscillators, interesting um, wave shaping. Like that's really where the digital stuff comes in is like when you start getting to like interesting wave shaping techniques and, and that yeah. sort of thing that analog doesn't typically do. Yeah, that's, we all, that's we what the virus does. Yeah, we well. all know Ken rather have an Andromeda. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I played with an Andromeda this weekend too, like, and it's again it's different like the user interface is very fiddly um on an andromeda but it sounds great the digital effects i don't dig like you gotta take them off the envelopes are like obtuse in the way that they're done but everything on it is it's like a 16 voice modular under one bonnet and you have to kind of treat it that way because they kind of like whereas the moog one is intuitive the Andromeda gives you crazy amount of flexibility and says, do it, do it your way. You know what I mean? So it's less intuitive. Mm. It's, it's, you know, it can reward you for spending that time. Yeah. Somebody brought up the Novation Peak um, in the chat and they're saying that it's remarkable for the, for the amount, you know, for what you pay for it. I'm and, not I, chat. <laughs> and I got to say, man, I had the peak for a little bit and it was, it was a really good sounding synth. It was like, it was really good. Um, and actually, he brought a Mylar Melodies is uh, demo, and that was what sold me on the peak. Mm. I was like, okay. wow, yeah. I was like, yo, this is a crazy eight voice synth for twelve ninety nine. I had it for about a month, and it actually sounded pretty damn good. It was a, uh, it was that was one of those that I had it for review and checking out, and it was tough to send it back when it, when it was time to send it back. Yeah, it was pretty dope. Oh, Corey, yeah, that's the that's the case that I saw. That you had sent over to us. Yeah, take a look at this, man. I don't, I don't know if this is um, something that's intended that he's intending to actually build. This is dude Electrophone. He has that uh, module that's, that's that's been uh, in development for a little while called the Clang. I think it's like a a, a polyphonic sort of quantize i don't even know if it's actually oscillator but it's an easy way to make chords right and he he's a designer and he made this is a prototype i think but it's pretty dope look at that it's a it's a eurorack case on wheels on casters and it's adjustable like yeah, i think that's, that's really that's pretty, really dope that's pretty tight yeah i don't mm. i don't even know that's what, what it is. damn yep <clears throat> i will put that right next to my drum set right word Instead you know of a I mean? gong, instead of a gong, I'll just have my Euro rack. There you go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Word up. Oh. Yeah, so this is by uh Electrophone. Uh I don't know if it's Electrophone. I don't know, but uh yeah, he's um let's see, I'm sure y'all his module that he does uh as well. So oh yeah, pretty... I've seen that joint, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's actually a beautiful module, man. Uh here we go. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Um, okay. what so, is it? yeah, I wish he would have been at um, 
at uh at uh synthplex what else was at synthplex man 1010 music had some dope stuff at at synthplex they did a little box oh yeah that standalone uh yeah. it looks like a mint box but it's standalone yeah that's pretty tight yeah and, and what's hey let me just give you the quick kind of reverse segue on that is um so the bitbox guy right he mm-hmm. also worked on andromeda like he was one of the software developers on oh, dope. yeah Prime. yeah you he know what's dope about that, is it, about that. <laughs> it's a really uh it's a small community in the sense stuff and you start to find out like oh this guy worked with that team when that yep. one highly revered product was out or you know so that's dope and so not only was he the 1010 music guy was uh part of that project um, i'm okay yeah, then he did this and all the 1010 stuff, but then he has uh what's the guy's name that works with him? Taiho Taiho Yamada. Taiho Yamada yeah. who helped him design this joint. Yeah. Which is dope. Uh, yeah, a wave razor. Right. So the it's, wave a wave, razor. It's, a, it's a dual oscillator directly from like the wave razor software, which I did a review, uh, well, not a review, but like an overview video on the wave razor, uh, software. But what's really cool about that software is the oscillator section. You can literally take a section of the oscillator, like a section of the oscillator waveform, right? Yeah. Like a sliver manipulate each individual section of the waveform in different ways. So, like, if you look at that waveform that, that Corey's got up there, like, you'll notice how it kind of curves over. Then it goes flat to a square wave. Then it goes to, like, a triangle. Then it goes to a saw wave. Like, this is all in one waveform. And you can sequence all of that stuff. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Mm. It's, it's dope because I would just love to use that waveform, slow it hella down, and use it as a as a modulation source. Like with Exactly. Like, yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah, um, that would be sick. Oh. Because it's almost like the modulation section in Serum or in Massive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a powerful, powerful thing. And you know what was so dope is that the guy was so open, uh, Tejo. He was just so open, and, and uh, we conversed really a good minute there. Uh, yeah, Aaron, we were there with Aaron, him for like Aaron 15, and, uh, 20 minutes. Yeah, he really yeah. talked to us. He got in-depth with, you know, me, Aaron, and Ali, and I think Shiro was there too. He really got in-depth about uh, the Andromeda and the different things. I'm going to have him on the show. Ken, I know you've had him on Synth uh, Summit before, but I'm going to have yeah. him on the show. Yeah, I have a show. Um, just so <laughs> if people are watching and they're not aware, if you go to my channel, which is uh, Flux with it, um, <laughs> you can you can check out. I have a I have a show called Synth Summit Show, which is all one word. Synth Summit Show, all one word, and it's interviews with um, you know different product designers and and that kind of stuff. And I tend to try to get into the history and path past. So the Taiho stuff. I go into like the whole Elisa's past. So Taiho and uh, Aaron Higgins, who is the 1010 guy, um, both of those are guys who were on the Andromeda team. And we go into like, you know, go into like the Quadra synth and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So it, it's, a, it's a really, they're long form interviews. So they're more like, you know, if you're on a long drive or whatever, I mean, they are long interviews. They're u- typically like well over an hour oftentimes two hours uh so yeah if, if you really want to hear like long-form interviews and get to know those kinds of people that's that's what that show is all about yeah no so, yeah that that taiho dude was pretty cool his um 
I'm looking at his stuff right now. His his um company was Media Overkill. So it was at the ten ten booth, but mm. he was he was actually using the hardware. Um but his company's called Media Overkill. So Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, cool his stuff dude. was that's dope. cool, man. Yeah, yeah really and cool. he works with um track uh traction software as well. Like, yeah, like yeah, don't, with them. Don't sleep on that software, man. That like I read the feature list on that joint and I was like, eesh. It's surprising. It's a sleeper. Yeah, it really is. Because I I wrote it off like years ago. Hmm. And then um, Taiho actually hit me up and was kind of showing me some stuff. And I was like, oh, man. Like, I was thoroughly unaware. Word. Yeah. You know something else? Um, uh, I don't think 4MS wasn't there, right? Nope. They they weren't. Um, No, actually, I did. They were there. Were they? Yeah, I thought they were. I thought they, they were. were. They, were. they had a on Instagram. small. They had a small um little section in the middle. Damn. Like in oh, the that's middle messed of the up. Room. I feel like I didn't. They had the um the the spherical wavetable navigator. Navigator. Yeah, really? And that's wow. why I wanted to bring that up because um I I was reaching out to uh, uh, Alyssa about something else. And then I just kind of asked, how's the the uh, spherical wavetable navigators coming along? And I ended up, she ended up sending it to me. So I've been digging into that joint all week. And it's one of those things I think a lot of people are going to be excited about, man. Um, uh, I didn't realize, like, it's like a six voice wavetable synth. You know what I'm saying? And, and 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 it's got a lot of interesting. It's got like six or seven LFOs on it, right in the in the center of it. And I have to look at it to be sure. But then you have uh, you can you have inputs on every um, voice of the synth that you can send those LFOs into or send anything else into. But you have a switch that's either LFO or uh, a VCA. So if you're sending an LFO into an input like on voice number two and the thing is on VCA, then obviously it's going to modulate <laughs> the the loudness. Yeah. But if you put it on a uh, volt per octave switch down, then obviously then you start to get changes in the in the the, the harmony of voice and stuff. It's a really dope synth. And then you can actually take the voices and spread them apart. It, it's almost like making chord shapes. You know what I mean? So this is like a circle of fifths almost. I think that's, that's kind of it's and, continuously variable in that way. Or yeah, you can you can Ooh, nice. you can uh, modulate that. And so, yeah, it's actually really dope. Like, and you can put your own samples into it. That's as right. You can sample Wait your own wavetables into it. You and that's not even put it in it. You can sample your own wavetables. Yeah, I must have missed that in the market. I would love to do a video on that. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I love doing videos on because that thing is so heady. Like, you yeah, can yeah. dive like the LFOs and all that stuff. Man, come on! Like that thing is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me just I was, I was thinking about getting the uh, the resonator, but I'm a. It's a lot I of money. Wait for that one because that that thing looks super cool, man. Yeah, that really that spherical wavetable navigator is a lot of money, but you get a lot for it because not only do you get like a bunch of wavetable oscillators essentially in one, but you also get all those LFOs as well, and you get like triggering. So it's like all it's yeah. really deep. Also, so look at it would look really good next to the Fluxus one. Yeah, yeah if I could get that true. black panel from a Fluxus one with the gold. Yeah, actually, yeah. it really would look good next to 
the Fluxus one and the ER three hundred one with the black panel on it on, on the three hundred one. Yeah, yo, yeah. I'm surprised none of y'all have the black panel for the three hundred one. Lita, oh, you do? Lita, Lita yeah. Pan- I tried yeah. to get in on that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Me and Ken were supposed to have it, and then yeah, he kind of he kind of. I've been badgering him for a 101 black panel. He's like, uh, I still have, I just still don't have the 101. Yeah. I still, I still haven't made it yet. He's like, I'll let you know when I make the 101 panel. I, like, I think well, no, 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 there, there was black panels made by by a guy on the forum. Yeah, and, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I was talking yeah, Paul, to him. Paul Stone, I think oh, it was the dude in Italy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I think you I, could go to Magpie Modular and design your own. I think that might have huh? been where they came from. Like, Magpie? yeah, you can. You can't isn't, design isn't your that own. With can the, you? What's the name of that company that makes Mag- that Magpie? Makes- yeah, Magpie. I have a uh, Magpie. But those black panels don't make sense though, because I don't have no three hundred one. So I've got a Magpie <laughs> clouds and a Magpie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. I've got a clouds right there, and then I've got two Magpie. I got uh, I replaced my oh, plats on. and my rings uh, for Magpies. But that uh, panel does not look like a Magpie though. Like oh, okay. But I would love to have a Magpie 301. Like, and honestly, I would even consider doing like a white panel or a gray panel. Like, you know how he does the white Magpie stuff? And if people are watching and they don't know about this, Magpie Modular does some sick panel design. Yeah. Yeah, dope their panels art, are so. super dope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to have like that that boutique artistic look on your your rack panel, you can go check them out. Yeah, check it out. I'll I'll, I'll just pull my camera over there. It's pretty. It's pretty sick. These things are super nice, yo. You, yeah. can't, really see, you can't really see it over this type of stream. Yeah, but it's it, it's nice. Yeah, you need to go to the site and check it out because a lot of it is like these blacks and like slight grays, and you get these really cool like designs inside of them. That, yeah, they're really dope. Word. I was one of uh, yeah, like I was one of like the first uh customers when when he first started doing uh panels. He did elements, and it was like, dude, I jumped on that thing so quick, and I'm so, and actually, mine's one of like the ones before he really got the process down tight. So mine's a little bit janky, but it still looks phenomenal. And it goes back to the whole like Robert Moog mentality of like your instrument, how it looks, should inspire you. You know, and that's what's so, up. Mm-hmm. that's true. I'm that's all so about true. that kind of stuff. That's why, yeah. you know, what I mean, that's the starting B Boy Tech Report. That's kind of how I started the thing because I had customized my MPC five thousand, um, and it was black and gold, and the shit caused a stir. <laughs> you know, what I, I mean? seen that. Oh, yo, I actually, yo, I seen that. Yeah, man, I I did that joint. I remember my wife was was bugger. She was like, she bought that for me uh, one Christmas. I was going between the MV eighty eight hundred and the five thousand. The five thousand just come out. There's a lot of controversy around it, and yep. um, the, then two came out, and she got it for me for Christmas. And a year later, I was in the garage pulling that joint apart, spray painting things, and replacing things. And she was just looking at me like, "Oh, I didn't know you did it yourself. I thought you sent yeah, it off to have it customized." Oh no, I did that myself, man. That shit I, looks dope, man. Yeah, man, I, I did that. It turned out well. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I thought and you sent it to Forat. Nah, man, I did that joint myself. I went to a Hobby Lobby and I talked to them dudes who'd be spray painting model cars and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. for, for about an hour. And when I left there, I had everything I needed. Because <laughs> like anybody else would have been like, oh, let me just send it to four. Like, that's dope. And I, I had no idea that you didn't do that or that you did that yourself. And man, it really did turn out 
super well. Yeah, man, it, it was it was a really dope joint, man. I, and and it was inspiring. That, that's the key. Like when I would get, I could stay on that joint for hours and hours and hours. It was just kind of one of those things. And and that spearheaded. Uh, at the time, I had my uh, website for Fasharab, my my performance name as an MC. And you can go I check that out on Spotify. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I put that up there, but a lot, a lot of conversation started about that. And then I looked on the NPC forums and the 5,000 manual or unofficial manual came out. And my picture was on a banner with that thing. And <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was crazy. But yeah, that, going going back to what you're saying, when, when stuff looks and feels inspiring, it inspires you to be more creative. I, I'm totally straight up about that. Even your yeah. environment, man. Yeah. When you got something that, you know, is kind of inspiring to you. That's why I keep like mud cloth and you know what I mean? My yeah. karate dudes up here yeah. and all stuff. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I, I've been thinking about um doing my um live. I don't know what, what color scheme I'm gonna do it yet, but I'm definitely gonna customize it. Yeah, I don't man. want that little sticker overlay that you know they keep selling for seventy-five dollars. I don't want yeah. a sticker. <laughs> hey, you know what? I did the machine too, man, with a sticker and it and it, it was annoying to have to lay that thing and then I ripped a piece of it. And uh, I was like, damn. But see, even that, my my machine was all white with white kind of iridescent pads and then wooden knobs with pearl inlays on the top it was just mm -hmm. way over the top and wood ends so it was a crazy thing um but yo so i want to i want to hey, jump before I, go, hey, I gotta i gotta i gotta pull this out to its own um panel real quick so that people don't see stuff they're not allowed to see hold on um okay. and let me just do this real quick all right uh where is it at here it is and application window here we go okay so this right here is oh, yeah. this yeah. is a dirty image of it because Corey is so fancy um <laughs> but yeah like that's so it's all black and yellow like that there were some people in the in the chat asking to see it um but yeah it, it turned out real dope he's got a tutorial online too right Corey? like i think i just put a, a tiny url in the chat too that's uh there's you like editing samples or something back in the day. It gets like real close on on screens. Oh and yeah, you did a real right. nice job on that, man. That ain't Word. no, that ain't no like damn can of spray paint. Yeah, yeah. I really took my time and really went in on it. I mean, you know what, man? I went so deep into it that uh, the 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 uh, crossfader, the slider cap, the slider caps are black. And the little white or gray line that's typically in the center. I actually went so far as to paint those and then nice. do a clear coat over them. So like every little wow. thing, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I, I went through a, a, a whole thing with taking the frame. I took the I actually took the frame of this the display apart and um put that together that way, man. It was it was a it was quite a, a thing. See if I Hell can yeah. find any any better pictures because I do have quite a few. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm obviously a proponent of like yeah, it, when it's when it looks good, it is just inspiring all day. Yeah, I promise everybody we'll get to the topic here, but it's fun chopping it up, chopping it up with y'all. <laughs> here, here, actually, I got some good stuff here. Hold on. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Hold on. I'm about, I'm about to share my screen here then. Uh, now, what is this? 
I'm going to show you kind of how I kind of came across. I got a better picture of the thing. Hold on. And then, then we're going to get into Eurorack samplers. It'll be a good segue. <laughs> <laughs> so how's the weather? <laughs> it's actually super beautiful outside right now. Yeah, it's really nice. All right, here it is. Uh, so yeah, this is, as I was doing it, this is after it kind of got done. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and if you notice, it was a lot of other details, like the the transport buttons. I made those black. Yeah. And uh, I got the pads. You know, yeah. So I got a little close up on them because they had the backlights. So you really didn't need color. There was a red one and a gray one and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, you don't need that. Just as long as you got the see through buttons, you can make the thing do what it do. And you see on the on the sliders, it got yellow strip through. Yeah, yeah. And That's then even, even on the knobs, they're like gold tipped. It reminds me of that um, that picture of the RZA with his MV this custom and his big yep. as hell, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. That's what it always You know, a lot of people of. ask me that that uh, inspire me, but it, I didn't think of it until I was like midway through it, like, oh shit, this is like RZA's thing. <laughs> Y'all <laughs> need what, no worries, um, it's not his thing. <laughs> You were yeah. talking about the um, the skins. I used Style Flip on my uh, machine, and it was like one of the first machines to get done. And I did like a Matrix theme on it, and then I took my knobs, and you can get this stuff called Plasti Dip. And I did neon green Plasti Dip all over my knobs because back then, like DJ Tech Tools and all that stuff, they didn't even really have knobs for that kind of stuff. Yeah, that so was I did my own custom knobs on it and all that. And then on the outside of my MacBook, I made it look like a boombox speaker. So when I was performing out, it was like when I opened it up, it looked like a boombox. And then I had my, my green uh, Matrix-inspired machine. It was dope. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's always good to have gear that, like, when you look at it, it takes you to that state of mind that you – you feel most creative in you know what i mean like i know a lot of people can't stand the color green i paint my studios green because like that's what inspires me like i start thinking about life and changes and that kind of thing and that's what makes me want to keep creating so well i'm glad i'm glad it works for you man because yeah i'm glad it works for you ken <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yo i want to jump into these Eurorack samplers, man. So we talked a little bit about, um, um, you know, Synthplex, and that's good. And there was a, a few things there. Now, I was one person that used to say, like, yo, I don't see no need for a Eurorack sampler because I got my MPC or I got my force or whatever it is I'm using, and that's my, my key thing. But I think as time goes on, there's something that I really want out of a Eurorack sampler, and no one Eurorack sample seems to have everything. You know I, have, what I, mean? I have this. I have the. I know the reason, Corey. Yeah. Because exactly. I don't. I. I think it's simple. A lot of Eurorack developers are not thinking with the hip hop community in mind. Right. Right. It's just mm -hmm. yeah, it's a sampler, but it doesn't have the features that a lot of the samplers have been made famous for. So it's right. like it's almost like yeah, we're gonna make a sampler, but we're not gonna add any of the features that a lot of the hip hop guys like love or, or not even hip hop guys like anybody that does any kind of urban music yeah anybody, chopping if you want to chop up a break 
like you gotta have some sort of slicing feature. You gotta yeah. have some sort there of are there are modules that have that though. Just well that's no, the thing. No, there's there's no. some of them like none of them has Some everything that you yeah, want. Some of them have it. ER301 is so close though, and it'll come. Oh no. <laughs> no, ER301, I'll tell you right now, is the closest. There are exceptions to the rule. Yeah, yeah there, there's exceptions to the rule, but I think the overall, when we look at samplers, we're just like, oh, we gotta try to make we gotta try to figure this out. Well, up I mean, until now, yeah. Up until yeah. now, you've had uh, what was the Harvest Man one? Um, uh, the the Safari. Yeah, so you time had Safari, Safari Time In Safari, and Time That's Safari Two. You had uh, the Phonogene and Morphogene. Yeah. And then you had like, okay, you can kind of count the Dope Fur sampler, which was barely countable. Um, that one you have to have your own ramp wave, and yeah, that one's not. Yeah. That one's not that yeah, so like primitive. yeah there was there was these kind of esoteric samplers and whatnot and then came you know the 301 mm -hmm. the assimilator mm -hmm. the the erica synths uh sampler the bitbox the bitbox yeah. you know so now we're in a whole new era of samplers uh -huh. My oh, Aaron's, getting Aaron's over there, there. Aaron's bugging. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron's like, I'll you Aaron's like, like, he just jumped in and mushed us all in the face like yeah. these beats. I think my oh, bad, my I bad. Yo, I lost my connection and I was he had was his eyebrow, he had his eyebrow close to the to the yeah, I lost my connection, man. Yeah, while you guys are going in on that, I'm going in on this joint. Right. <laughs> That's well, what's I, up. I think we should. I think we should go ahead and jump right into assimilator pros and cons and yeah. 301 pros and cons. Why not? Yeah. So okay, uh, and and a couple of things though. I wanna I wanna mention the sample drum. Yeah. The sample drum. Oh yeah. Is dope. Um. Well, there's something that's this. There's little quirks about all of them, like the sample drum. Has a thing. I think it says in the in the manual, like, yeah, you can sample into it, but it's like a a utility. It's not meant to be a feature. So it's, they're not considering this a sampler, but it is though, because you can yeah. sample into it yeah, eight you bit. Into it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, but it is a weird way that you have to kind of go about it. And then, so speaking of like everything's quirks, and I have the assimilator. Um, well, he, here's a good thing about the sample drum because with the sample drum, you can slice it and address it per slice and right. it's actually two samplers so you have two channels worth of sampling and it has effects it has envelopes it's actually quite feature rich for yeah it is. that it is it is uh, and it's it's also good for somebody that doesn't have a lot of space yeah very true so, so think about if you have like a small case that's a dope sampler to have in it I think yeah, that, I agree. The thing that worries me are those switches, and it worries me about the ER three hundred one um, too, because that one, the admin switch, I rock the shit out of that, um, and it makes me worry. Uh, but over time, those switches are going to die. That's a mechanical part. Anybody who knows anything about repair knows that that those things will get have to get sent back at some point, or yet, or just buy buy a mess of them switches while they still make them. And I was going to say, like, it's it's not that hard to change out one of those no, switches, it's and it's. 
Like, and, and if I you're not, if you're not solder inclined, you could certainly find any like TV repairman or anything could do that for you. If you, if you just buy a switch, but like, TV I'm not as worried by that as Lee. Dude, I was I'm thinking really the same not. thing. I'm like, they're repairing TV still. I'm like, like yeah. <laughs> dude, look, yo, I think that term, I think that term like TV repairman, like, it's still out Handy there, man. but I don't think they actually repair TVs. It's just like nah, they're doing like, um, you know, they're doing like home theater systems. They'll repair yeah. your home theater system, yeah. like your your um, receiver and stuff like that. But also, I got a homeboy who actually goes around repairing uh, Vizio TVs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just really? fix this screen right here. The, the caps die on them sometimes. If you let them sit on forever like I do, I just let the shit stay Bruh, on. I'm thought, bad about it. I thought y'all were saying we're still in the days where you got to change the TV with pliers. Uh, <laughs> hey, straight up. like, Listen, man. A shout out to any TV repairman out there. My <laughs> was a TV repairman yeah, after he got out the military. So, yo, yo. Wow. No, I'm gonna say this though. So the sample drum looks really dope to me, and it has its mind on like mod bap and like you know and, and mm -hmm. you know, being able to do that sort of thing. Um. So so I'm interested in that. I've yet to use it. Uh, do you feel like it's intuitive? Uh, I think so. I think so. I think so. There's a there's one thing we did have to figure out where like there's a shift switch sort of thing where you have to if you need to change whether it's uh, zero to five volts or you know negative five to positive five volts or whatever it is however you want to trigger the switch and they keep they keep updating it too Corey they keep um, adding stuff and they keep fixing like like making well, it hasn't been out that long. so have they have they done much they added hold on. What was the last thing that they added? Uh, sample drum. Is there delay date? Uh, excuse me. Gate delay. Gate delay compensation. Now there is. Mm -hmm. Now there is. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. In this, in this that's the thing that that going back to what you're saying, it was it's always been an afterthought, and nobody's included that. You know what I mean? See, that's part of the like, thing. That's part of the thing that we bring up like when 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 d still says they do these samplers without thinking about like those kinds of things that guys like us in this chat and on this forum would would want to use it's like there's no gate delay uh, sometimes uh, or either there's no slicing sometimes or either right. it's kind of esoterical how you got to get to those things lacking gate delay there there should be zero excuse for any genre period any sampler should have that it makes yeah. zero sense that it's not incorporated into the module zero so what that what that means um because i'm with ken like we could we could spend all day about this shit if you're and if you're working on a module out there as a sampler, even for yourself, put fucking gate delay compensation in there. And right. if you what don't, it means is when you trigger it, it selects the slice that you want it to slice, and not the previous. Because what'll happen is it'll receive the CV selection yep. um, after the gate, mm -hmm. so it'll play the. Or the it'll, um, it's still reading the previous CV like response, and then it gets that gate to trigger the sample, but it's playing the previously selected sample. It's annoying. Anybody who's probably gotten dealing with Eurorack samplers out there, if you have a phonogene or morphogene, you know what I'm talking about here. Yeah, and if you aren't doing that for your module, you aren't properly QAing. Like I don't care. Like I'm not. I know Rossum did it with the assembler. Is that a, is that a not properly QAing? Not properly. Right now, 
you need to do this because if you don't do it, it's poor design. Period. Yeah. There's it doesn't no, matter. That's what I was saying. Like, it's not it really a QA genre. thing. That's more like a design thing. Yeah, and, that's a, that's a functionality thing because it's right. like, yo, yeah, but yeah, but function right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's all. That, it's all part of the design process of, of a mm -hmm. of a module. And when I say QA, I'm I'm a little bit like up in the in the chain on that like when you first give it out to like the first guys who who you design a module and you're like okay i trust these five people with this module to tell me some feedback if they don't tell you something like that you got the wrong people involved that's well, crazy no, 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 no. to me no developers don't always listen to them no I mean, well yeah but a good developer will. <laughs> right. a good developer will and it, it was surprising to me to hear that the assimilator didn't have it because of all people yeah, that drove that me knows, crazy like yeah. that blew my mind Understand I mean that's, that. that's that's the same as like as like Dave Smith. If you've ever tried to MIDI up any Dave Smith synth, and you're like, "Wow, this MIDI kind of sucks," you're like, <laughs> 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 the MIDI man. You're like, "Wow, yeah. yeah." So here's the thing with with the assimilator. So the assimilator sounds incredibly yep. good. And D still a vouch for that. We both yep. got the assimilators. Yo, that joint sounds good. I designed a pack right off of there, like right away. You know what I'm saying? And like mm -hmm. sampling into it, and there's a lot of flexibility in it. Uh, with with you know what you could do with the sound, you can emulate almost any. And and I I've, I don't like to say emulate because it's not an emulation. You can actually dial in the same parameters that you would have to get the sort of sound that you would want, like out of the and Sonic joints and the. SP12, 1200, and all those joints. And he actually tells you in the manual, these settings are more akin to this line of samplers. These settings are more akin to this line of samplers. And uh, it's real dope that way. And what a lot of people don't realize is when you see those videos for the simulator online, most people are using it as a drum machine. And so they have one sound on every track. So they're using like a... a uh, eight track drum machine but what most people don't realize is you can load up to eight samples on every track and address those via cv so it's really like eight drum machines that have eight tracks so so let me yeah. ask you a question about however that. but well, well, one second but yeah. however it doesn't have gate uh delay compensation and you can't slice a sample so if i took a phrase i can't slice it the way that i can or like on something like sample drum yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And that may not ever come, yeah. correct? It, Maybe not. Yeah, and that, that's just what so I was going to ask, though, is you say eight samples, eight samples on each slot, right? Yeah. But you can't do more slices than that, right? Like, like and, no. and that, that would be considered a slice, wouldn't it? Well, it's eight separate samples. I'm saying, like, if I got eight drum one hits that I load into that okay, one track. Cool. I see what you're saying. So yeah. on the 301, you can do something similar, except instead of um, eight individual samples on on one inside of one sampler like that, you can actually compress as many as you want into one file and then address it via CV. And, and yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. Lee can speak really deeply yeah. on that. Ken, Ken, so right now on the 301, the way that I bring in like drum like drum one shots is I'll create a track in Ableton with a bunch of one shots, right? Mm -hmm. just, just side by side, right? And I'll import that into the 301 and then just slice at, at the onset. Yeah, but you, you, mean, you don't even have to do that. You don't have yeah, to do yeah, that. Yeah, you don't even have to oh, do no, that. I'm, I'm just saying that's how I, I've treated and it. And I'm so telling far. you that yeah, there's yeah, yeah. a faster way. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. The, sam the sample chain, I don't know if you, uh, you – I can show it right quick if you want. I mean, I don't have it actually uh, – I don't have my audio hooked up, but here, I can, I can just show you right quick yeah, how easy that is. Yeah, uh, this is actually really dope. So, 
Lee's about, to, Lee's about to blow your mind. The 301 is so dope in, in this regard. And that black panel has got me like lusting. All right, man. I'm All right, so this go is order it today. This is the whole case. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get it in October. Yeah, I, really. know, I, I, I know. I waited I, I waited three months for the 101. So yeah, it's worth the wait. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how to make my damn screen big. Oh shit. Sorry. I'm just <laughs> Hey Corey, right. make sure you click on Lee so that the screen yeah. doesn't go away from Lee. There you go. Thank you. Cool. Appreciate it. Um, so this is the ER301. Um, down here you have a switch that goes Exclusive into admin mode. Paddle. Um, I can chain right now. We're only we only got one chain. This is I just turned it on, so it's fresh. There's nothing um here. So I can combine these two chains into one. Uh, or these two channels uh, that'll go into this output. Uh, but basically what happens is if you come down to this rock, this switch, you have access to the buffer, which is called the sample pool here. And it says air empty. There's nothing in the, in the pool. To, uh, you want to load samples. And basically if I go to, to my, uh, let's see, if I go back out of this, uh, I got lounge lounge kits just came. I just got this, this pack the other day. Um, you can come, it's basically, you go to the folder, right? And these are all, these, these are all, all my samples, right? Yeah. Well, and these are variations of the same drum break now that I'm in within this. So if I hit enable multi, right? I have this little square. They have to be in the same folder, but these are all 90 BPM, right? Samples. And let's say here's all my breaks. Yeah. Now I hit, um, enter or commit loaded as a chain. Yes, sir. And then now it's in the pool, but it's not assigned to anything. So I rock my switch back up. I come up here and assign my mixer channel because I got a preset in here that I'll show you guys. Load preset and I'll say voice A. So that just means it's going to be triggered by channel A. I get this out my NES remote. This this manages my record and does performance shit. Okay. Uh, let me get my keyboard mode up. So you can see keyboard mode. These are the white keys. These are the black keys right here. These green are the octaves, and then these are the channels of the of the eloquencer. <coughs> uh, so channel A is what I want to use. I want to set it to free play so that I'm sending gates. But when I come into now, when I come into my mixer channel, already inside here, I've got a pedal looper, so I can loop what I've got. I've got the sampler itself; just nothing is assigned. It's got the inputs already assigned, routed to my eloquencer. It's got, if I dive in here, look, I got de gate delay compensation. I could adjust it. I can set it to course to fine so I could like really nail it, nail it down, get it real tight if I want it. I usually um, do mine but, at about, about four milliseconds, just so that people are aware on the three. It, it depends on how much shit I got running because sometimes I'll have to dial it in to like up to 10. But yeah, really? for yeah, yeah. If you have a lot of lot of samples running, because I make everything just using sample players on ER three hundred one. So you start running like, you know, four or five channels, it can start. I've, I've um, done well with four, um, like four milliseconds on there. Like sometimes I'll bump to five, but generally speaking, four milliseconds seems to be fine. And I've had some pretty complex stuff, but yeah, that's that's interesting. It's good to know. That's what's up, man. Um, I'll have to give that a shot. So hit select from pool now, and now you can see the only thing that's in my sample pool. Um, is the sample chain so I come back down to commit which is buried underneath all this wires and now what you can do is if I come into slice so hit slice buffer now you see these are this is all the breaks and I can trigger all the different breaks there are actually slices that you can zoom in on on the waveform here 
and see the slice point. And I can add and remove these in real hey, time. Hey, real quick, real quick. How did you do the zoom again? Um, you hold this button right here. This okay. I didn't. I was talking about the this fine, the other day. The fine course button. Okay. And it'll adjust either by frequency wait, or excuse me, by time and ampl wait. or amplitude. Wait, the fine course button is zoom? I didn't even know that. I know. <laughs> I, I, I learn it wow. and I forget it every time and it drives yeah! me nuts. <laughs> Minds are blown. <laughs> and then it's crazy, right? So you can add and remove these samples. You can have them sequenced, right? And it'll sequence different samples. Let's say you wanted to do kick or hat. And then you're adding and removing um, slices in real time. You could go back up um, to the to the original menu here. If I dive in, it'll give you the options for in the R301, depending on what you want to do. Do you want it to play duration? Do you want it to repeat? Yes, I want it to repeat. It's a break. I'd like to switch between my breaks live. Um, it's just crazy. You want it to do just the slice. You don't want it to play the whole the whole file. Um, you want it in 12 equal temperament mode so that it, that every new every key on here triggers a different slice oh, yeah man that's what that's what i'm talking about uh yeah, yeah i think yeah, my so wife might be mad at me let's go ahead and open up this uh <laughs> website right now say it y'all y'all tripping but look at look at ali he's literally on the site i'm gonna say something really quick about this all right so if you are in the market for an ER301, and keep in mind, none of us have been sent free ER301s. That shit yeah. never happens. Yeah. yeah. So keep in mind that Wait, like, like, it's weeks not a shit. cheap module. It's about $900, right? Yeah. But also was, keep in mind, it was my first module. I've met anyone who's owned a 301 and was like, yeah, I'm going to sell this. <laughs> I mean, not unless you wanted to, to make bank on it, because sometimes well, that was a, that's the other thing. Right? Even if you did want to sell it, you could sell it for a profit because there's a waiting list. Yeah, I could sell that for two G, like twice what I paid for it, because then there's like when he gets into a lull where he can't make anymore, people that have money will just they'll see that and they'll be like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll skip that line, or yeah. I want it, you know, like yeah. So. Let me let me dive in because we're talking samplers and I, I want to keep it contextual. Um, so the assimilator, there's certain order it. There's crazy dope, right? <laughs> and one of the things that's crazy dope about it is its sound quality, right? And as Corey alluded to, is uh, you can dial in different aliasing amounts and you can get different curves. You can get different styles of vintage samplers, that sort of thing. Now, two things of note. One, both the 301 and the assimilator use the exact same computer on the back of the board. That's mm -hmm. crazy to me. That's something that we, we all just kind of recently found out, and yeah. that kind of blew my mind. So that's all about software design, which is, of course, a big part of it. The other thing is this. In the 301, so the, the assimilator, you can adjust a dial of aliasing amount, and it will sweep... Uh, continuously between drop sample, which is no interpolation, uh, linear, which is, I believe, like the Emacs, and then second order, which I think is like a type of companding or something, right? So anyway, you can have different levels of aliasing amount. On the ER301, you can do the same, but it's not a, a clean sweep. You choose and select, do I want... Um, do I want to do drop sample, which is no interpolation? Do I want to do linear or do I want to do second order? You can do all that on the 301. And I've actually built um, custom lo-fi samplers and, and samplers in my 301 where I can CV control the amount of sample. Uh, sample. Mm -hmm. 
So the Ken, big- right there, right there, oh, where you where you get, I want to interject right there because Ken has built custom samplers in his ER three hundred one, like he just said, and uh, during the the first week or so that I had the uh, assimilator, we did a lot of A B testing, and um, at some point I'm probably gonna put that as a as a article or maybe i'll make a video i'm not sure because we have audio examples of like yo here's the assimilator at this sample rate and this bit depth and here's you know same sample right and we we did it and ken did some stuff and you could see we were starting to see like oh yeah you could definitely dial in the same sound on either one of these things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um, the response curve on the original sp1200 for drop sampling is published too it's it's known like in terms of what happens like when when you say drop sampling like what what frequencies are being dropped and so you I can actually, actually yeah. reverse engineer that shit and add eq because guess what er301's got you can just add an eq unit at the end of that sampler between that and say the pedal looper right. and then you know to my ears it sounds it sounds damn near the same so to speak to that same point um i've been working uh with isla instruments a bit on the uh sp2400 and um yeah that's very much like it this is known information and it's you know so when people are like oh the code to the sp24 or sp1200 has been lost and you can't recreate it that's not entirely accurate the code to the operating system has been lost but understanding the um, the sweeps and frequencies of all that stuff has not been lost. People know what those are. They are known calculations, and you can recreate that stuff. So, yeah, um, just to, just to kind of give uh, a heads up, I'm trying to zoom in properly. Uh, Man, you can't order another 301 to the end of May. You know what, though? <laughs> Brian sometimes surprises. So Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. Get your order in now. And then cry about it later. So no, I can't even order it. You can't even. Yeah, he, he, ordering is closed. Yeah. It's not even happening Damn. right now. Oh, really? So, so before you go there, Ken, somebody's asking. Uh, so, uh, simulator or ER three hundred one? What's your oh, pick? I, I, that's I, a I, tough one. Wait, I got both. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah, both. Yeah, both. Let him talk. Speak on it. So, having both, the assimilator is an extremely high quality sampler and i'm yeah. just saying i'm using those words like because that's what it is mm-hmm. the er301 can be anything you want it to be mm-hmm. so if i had to pick one i would obviously pick the er301 like just right. to have like if i had to sell one right now buy a simulator i'll see you tomorrow you know but the ER three hundred one, I'm like, yeah, this thing could kind of be anything that it that it that it wants to be, um, and it has the amount of inputs and outputs that. I mean, because look, besides using it as a sampler, you can use it as a four channel Euro rack. Right? Yeah. Hold on, you could use it as a sixteen input mixer. Yeah, with bus. Yeah, with effects. Which is crazy. With effects, with everything already routed inside, like. So, so Mr. Valentine, yeah, the ER three hundred one, which was somebody in the chat is saying, Mr. Valentine is saying that ER three hundred one is a jack of all trades. Uh, yeah, but you know what the thing is when typically when you refer to jack of all trades, it's really master of none is the important part. 
Well, not in this case. That's my exact point. That's my exact point. That when you think jack of all trades, the rest of the, even if you don't say the rest of the statement, you think, but it's not great at any of those things. ER301, from my understanding, is great at everything it does. You can do shit in the ER301 that I promise you can't do in any other module. And it yes. won't take you long to get there. Yes. And you right. can do it intuitively in a dope way. And if you save it properly, you won't have to set it up again after the fact. And I'm, I'm going to show that. Like you can see, I got I got my 301 up on the screen. I'm going I'm to pull some, something up while y'all are talking. And when I'm done, show me how you can mess with that on, on the assimilator and, and we can fight. Okay, but so why you do that? <laughs> I'm always I trying to, to fight. Yo, yeah, I know. Yo, I'm always trying to fight. Oh, what up, Aaron? No, I said King going hard over there. You got my mic on? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, oh, cool. yeah, yeah. Wait, you say turn my mic on. <laughs> turn my mic up. Turn my mic up. No, you guys were going in on ER three hundred one, and I just, I um, I was going in on the force. <laughs> He, I want to force yeah, on the force. Yeah. He force minded. These right. are forces I'm with force him. Minded. With I, and you know what? It's cool. I, I have an R301, um, and I love the um, the uh, granular synthesis on there. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. The grant the granular um units in there are really something to look out for. So, so here's a, here's the other thing. I want to mention two other things too. So we kind of got an idea, sample drum. We got an idea of ER301. We have an idea of a simulator. Um, uh, what about... Um, oh, yo, the, phonogene uh, and morphogene. Phonogene and morphogene. Yeah. And then you have the qubit joint. Yeah, I have, I have the nebula. Yeah, which... Which, uh, which are depending, I need to learn and how then to nobody it. has the 1010 music. Hold on, guys, box, but guys, I've always been curious. Just, just as a, as a aside, right? So while you guys are talking, Corey, can you click on my video and people can see what I'm doing to set up a break? You guys keep the conversation going and I'm going to actually set up a break, slice it and have it ready to go on the 301. Yeah, dope, dope. So, okay. so Corey, Corey, <laughs> but but I just want to call to attention though it's that he says while I do this, while I do this, you guys could tell me between the three hundred one and the assimilator. But we started the conversation off saying the assimilator can't do slicing, and he's about to slice a break for the I'm comparison. About to slice and, and <laughs> yeah, right. A straight up break, like chopped and rocking on the three hundred one in a well, hit. Compare apples and oranges. Yes, yeah, is. Yeah, Corey, check this out. Yeah, I'm. I'm only gonna have the nebula until I comfortably make a nebula in the three hundred one. There you go. Mm -hmm. So what mm -hmm. is it that you love about the nebula? Because I've heard you mention one or two things that's very specific. So here's what I love about the nebula. I love having hands-on control for those specific controls that I use all the time. And remember, I'm still relatively new to Eurorack. So for me, a module that is dedicated for one thing is still kind of important to me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's still important to me because... I want to quickly reach for this one thing and not have to route it or or cable it. It's already well, on the front panel. Well, right? see, that's the that's the thing that I I shy away from the ER three hundred one on because, man, it seems like a rabbit hole of of building. It's so open ended that I, I I know for me I would get trapped in that kind of thing, and I want to be able to come to the studio and make music. Bang out joints. You I feel, know what I mean? I feel you, Corey, because I feel like I'll fall down the rabbit hole of making plugins. Right. I like doing that stuff, but I want to make music too. But you know what? 
I think <laughs> once I can order it, I'm gonna order it. Like, bro, literally, if I'm telling you, test that assumption because Aaron and I, we thought we thought kind of the same thing. We when we actually sat down, uh, we rented an Airbnb for a week, and we were like, we were trying to get this EP out. Uh, or I mean, just for us, we weren't trying to put it out into the world, but we were just trying to get it done, just to see what if we could do it with the ER three hundred one and a tiny little skiff with the Eloquencer, basically. And uh, we were worried that we were going to get into that territory. And but basically, what we did was we spent the first day, basically making that custom unit that would then allow us to work for the rest of the week and not even have to be fucking with making crazy units. We made some adjustments, but. But basically, that allowed us to, to do an, an entire project. We had about five beats a day uh, that we ended That's up crazy. keeping for this thing. And it was uh, it was all just because, uh, yeah, we had that one unit that we made that kind of stitched together how we were going to jam. And we don't and neither of us uses that same workflow. We've adapted it. We don't you don't you're not married. Every time I make a beat, I can do a different thing. Okay? Yeah. That's oh, thing. some uh, right. Mr. Valentine just said. Is it me though, or is the ER301 a bit not intuitive? When you start using it, it becomes intuitive. The assimilator only has like four pages. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm that's why I'm saying it's mm-hmm. like it's it, it only has four pages. Mm-hmm. The where you load your samples, where you manipulate your samples, where your samples go, and where your samples come out of, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, another thing. Oh, sorry. No, no, I'm just saying, so for me, on the assimilator, that's why I'm like, oh, if I'm going to sample something, I'm just going to, that's very fast to do, and also to, also to do it in bulk. If I got 30 samples I want to do real quick, it's really easy. Samples, chop, sample, not chop, I hate to but say stop. that word with the assimilator. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm saying. It's funny that that's a bad word when it comes to the assimilator, like, oh, no, no, baby, chop. No, Don't say chop. chop. Yeah, no. Who like, chopping? Ain't nobody chopping. Ain't nobody chopping yeah. in But, but I, t- I tell you what, though, if you prepare your samples the right oh, way. Oh, it's brilliant. Loops and you do all that stuff. Yep, it's brilliant. You can get a mini Ableton in the assimilator because it has the feature where you can round robin stuff. So mm-hmm. if you hit track one, it could launch all the bottom tracks with it all right. in sync. And here's what I, it's really cool. Here's what I will say about that. I notice a lot of the times in a lot of the modules, even if you can chop in the module, it's not as intuitive of as just doing it in your doll, chopping it, putting a putting a marker and then bringing it back into the module. Sometimes it's actually quicker to chop your samples outside of the module and then yeah. bring it back in. So I, I definitely yeah. agree. I definitely agree. And that's remember, we're still in a journey with Eurorack samplers. It's a relatively new thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there have been VCOs, there've been filters, there've been all these other things. Yeah. But, but computers being in a module to have yeah. the ability to sample and hold all that RAM and memory and all that stuff, that's still relatively new and people are learning. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they should really look at the culture that defines sampling hey, uh, to build samplers. Mm-hmm. So, can right. Can I show it? Yeah, go for all it. Right, so, so, <laughs> can, I, can I? I took a completely unsliced break, right? <laughs> I sliced it up. I have a pattern saved on the Fluxus One that is, and I'll show you the Fluxus One right here. That is, um, it's just chromatic across it, right? So each slice is a chromatic step, right? Like A, B, C, D, you know. So I can hit play. 
right? And I'll turn the tempo down. Yo, let me see that slice menu, man. I want to see the waveform. So now I, I have these slices, and I'm, I'm going to show that slice menu in a second. But I also want to show I have complete control over sample rate and bit rate right here. And Good I built depth. it myself and then saved it myself. So check this out. And you can hear it. Yo. Just to show you guys real quick, if I want, let's say I take um, a third output, right? Check this out real quick. It's going to come over here to D1. I'm going to go to speed. Empty. Hit this. I'm going to go to D1. Select it. Up. Right? So now I'm on the speed. And I'm going to select my aim for that. Right? Grab decimal point. Move it over. Enter. Right? So now check this out, right? This this knob right here, uh, C, is gonna let me drop drop my uh, my speed as well, and I can reverse it. I can go forward. That sounds like the outcast. Sorry, Miss Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Word up. So so actually, I'm glad you showed that, Ken, because that's that's dope. That's the kind of flexibility you get in the ER301. You see how quick he just did it. He did it mad quick, and and it was on point. In my, uh, in my sequencer, if I set this to like random, oh yeah, he's listening to that. Getting all kinds of different weird stuff, and... and right now there's no there's no processing on the yeah, timing so either. Side of this, right, and you can see it, and you can see how the slices are jumping around like crazy. I'll slow it down. Hey, Ken, I learned at uh, Synthplex that you didn't create the Fluxus one. I always thought it was yours for some reason. I am not the designer of the Fluxus one. Uh, that, that is uh, Tenkai. And yeah, Tenkai is awesome. So, so, so let me tell you, there's a there's an interesting thing about that too. Then I want to mention I want to mention a couple other things before we get out because I don't want this to run too long. Uh, but the the interesting thing is Ken and I went to uh, Knobcon a couple years ago, and, and we were gonna do a live Beat People podcast, and we did. We had Andrew uh, Ickenberry from uh, from Qubit on the show. It was it was just a genuinely good show. Now here's the funny thing, we. Uh, we um uh was sitting at the bar and Ken was trying to get something together on his laptop. Yo, the, the laptop wouldn't get on the internet no matter what. And, yeah, and we were kind of going back and forth and he tried a couple things. I told him a couple things to try and this dude at the end of the bar was like, Hey, did you try this? And we kind of both looked at him like, No, who are you? <laughs> and, it was, and uh and ultimately he said that Ken tried some things. Then the dude came down to join. It was Tenkai. Yep. Tenkai, this was before he put out the fluxes one. He had a very uh early prototype design of the maybe the panel and some other stuff. And um he came over, he was like, Yo, I used to work for Apple. He jumped in the joint and he did some things. He brought up like a a, a, a screen, a programmer type screen, you know, similar to like DOS, or it was like a Linux screen or something. He brought that joint up and he did some stuff and he let the steam out the joint. And next thing you know, Ken was able to do what he needed to do. And we was like, 
Oh, word. Thanks, man. Yo, what's up? I'm Corey. I'm Ken. This is, you know, Tenkai. And and turns out that uh, he was there just kind of politicking because he was going to release the Fluxus One. And when he said the name of it, I looked at Flux. I was like, what's up with that? <laughs> well, what, was really cool, what was really cool, if you remember, was the conversation we had at the bar after we got the laptop fixed mm -hmm. was deep. And we yeah, was. went into like, oh, well, you've got this like digital control over CV for CVB. And he was like, yeah, I can do LFOs. Blah, blah. I was like, well, can you do envelopes? He was like, I think I probably could. And I was like, well, if you did envelopes, you could do this. You could do and we went down yeah, a rabbit hole that day. Yeah. And I tell you what, and, and Tenkai was able to deliver on that. And the Fluxus one is crazy. Like it is dope. That's it. Do, do that. That's, step, that's all I got to say. Criminally yeah. slept on. Yeah, I love, how much I love is fun. it? How much is it? Five nine nine. Yeah, something it's like that. somewhere around there. Yeah, but I got my. I waited for that perfect circuit sale. I used like thirty thousand codes, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Six yeah. nine six nine nine. Six ninety nine. Oh, everybody's like, oh, no. Aaron left. Yeah, he was I like, mean, my, my, I mean, the the ER one hundred one was six hundred. So I'm like, and I I like that thing. So I'm I don't know. I would like to have a sequencer where I could push buttons and stuff too, but. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I, I don't want to be twelve hundred in on secret. I'll oh. say a couple of quick things. Uh, I will say this: one, like everything about that thing is so custom and so dope. Like, yeah, it, it's it's a deep it's a deep amount of money, but when you consider all the things that you get on that thing, it's way deeper than than pretty much you know the vast majority of sequencers out there, while still being super intuitive to use, which is kind of rare. Mm -hmm. The um the the MIDI stuff, like the the ability to send all those CV inputs to it, you know, the four channel. It's a dope sequencer, man. Like there should be a rundown between that and the eloquencer, honestly. Because the eloquencer there, there should like be because 600, 625, something like the that. The eloquencer came out around the same time, if not just a little bit before, I think. And mm -hmm. and it kind of stole the thunder of it. But mm -hmm. the thing is, is like, man, I'm telling you, like, if, if you get a chance to rock a Fluxus one, your mind's gonna be warped because it's Yo, crazy. I mean, I looked at that Eloquenza for a long time, and it was a big decision for me between the Eloquenza and the 101. And what what made me go with that 101 is just that I can get that swing that I want. I could, I could, I can offset my notes uh, uh, one by one one interval you know what i mean mm -hmm. uh, and i you can't do that on the on the winter modular and it, that was just a deal breaker for me and like i said at the end of the day working with the numbers is is pretty cool for me so well it may not work for a lot of people mm -hmm. but uh, uh, what i really like is the voltage block because yeah Oh, but yeah, can I? You, uh, I want to hear what you got to say about the Vulture Block, but I just want the people to know that you are kind of king of sequences in this particular chat here. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. So, what the Voltage Block has is the ability to hold down the button and find your spot, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, especially when you're doing stuff live, I love just holding down a button, picking random spots, and changing my sequence live, like. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm just like, Ugh, I wish it had gates on it, though. Mm -hmm. If it had gates on it, it'd be the perfect. Sequence. On which? On the voltage block. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. If it had the combo of Gates and CV, it'd be the I mean, most. That's you're kind of looking for a voltage block very gate four setup. I know you got the eight, but like that's probably too big for you. But the four, yeah. and then the four, you can turn it to four CV. You can turn it to two and two, or you can turn it to four gates. Shout out yeah. to Ben for for design. yeah, yeah Ben killed that. Ben yeah, killed that. You know what, Ben's hey. one of those dudes who reaches out to cats like us and will yeah. like ideas. Yeah, it, I had we had front row seat while he was designing that, and he ran a lot of stuff by us like what before it came out. Like not even running stuff by us. Like what ben do you ran think? But so much stuff by us that by the time it came out, I was like, dude, I don't know where, where to start. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, so so here's what I tell He's you. A monster, here's what I tell you. The Variegate A plus is an amazing gate sequencer. Amazing. Like right now, I have hold on, hold on. Let me grab this. So one thing I can say about the Variegate Eight Plus is that um, so D still came into the, the the modular game, and unlike unlike myself, the way I do ModBap is that I have an MPC or the Force with the Eurorack system, and I integrate the two together because I like programming my drums being able to touch the pads and doing that kind of thing, even if the drums were designed on the Euro rack. So what, what D still came in though, he was like, yo, I want to, I want to sit in front of a modular system and do everything that I would do anywhere else. And so one of the things that helped him do that is the uh, Variegate eight plus so, because it does have gate delays and he is able to get that kind of no quantize feel with the, them funk ass drums so, <laughs> so right now this is like my my sampling drum machine that i can go to anybody else's setup and kind That's of like sick. sample uh so it's variegate a plus a simulator and this is the 4ms listen io which is cool because it's uh line level in modular level out and vice versa modular level in and line level out with attenuation for both. So I can sample from any sources into nice. into this. So this is kind of like a dope sampling rig and it fits, you know, in the palm, you know, in my hand. I'm just saying you could have you could have done a <laughs> line amp. You could have done a line amp for two HP. No, no, and, I feel like you. I feel, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no, but check this out. This this brain though is interchangeable for me. So if I want to yeah, do granular yeah. stuff, I can just go, hey, I'm gonna throw the ER three oh one in here. It's the same size. And it becomes my granular sample, you know. Yeah. But See, that's where I want to use the assimilator. T to me, the assimilator, I want to use that for like phase modulation, polysynthesis. Yeah, exactly. That but, kind of stuff, like but, not for not for breaks, not for all the other stuff. I want to use it for like the interesting phase modulation stuff but because it's ER, so clean. But I know what Lee is going to say: the ER three hundred one can do all of that. And I know it, it can, can, it can, but, but it, it's not doing it as clean as what Rossum is doing. I'm talking about there's the point. Streams. Yeah, but also you don't need that 4ms module because there's three different there's three different ADCs per channel based that's, on that's true. That's based true. On what you yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I know, I know that about the ER301 on the input, so I wouldn't need that. But my question that I still haven't figured out on the on the output is does that exist on the output? Yeah, so all you do is you throw an attenuator at the end of your chain and you're good to go. So yo, mm -hmm. yo, hold tight. I think so we've been going at it for a while. I want to make honorable mention of a couple of samplers because we got off into sequences. Honorable nah, 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 nah. yeah, baby. Yes, it's true. It's all my bad. But I want to make honorable mention because 1010 
uh, music beatbox is dope. I haven't used yeah. it yet, but I've heard a lot. Of, everybody I know that has one loves it. I've heard um, mixed reviews, man. I've heard that like it's really great as long as you keep it basic is basically okay. what I've been hearing. But I don't have one, so I can't say. And uh, maybe I'll I hit up and change that. If I can uh, get a review in or something, but yeah. yeah. And uh, the other thing is phonogene and morphogene. I really like yeah. what Lee does with the phonogene. Um, he was explaining some dope stuff to me yesterday that I, we ain't really got to get into because I feel like that's kind of uh, uh, trade secret stuff of his technique. Uh, I don't care. I don't <laughs> oh, care, <word>. man. Like. <laughs> It was uh yeah yeah I'll share with you why why I use those so phonogene uh, for those of you who don't know um, when I was at Make Noise years ago like the, when I before I was there actually I demoed that thing and I, I loved the way that it sounds and even though it was a granular de a device made to do granular stuff I loved the fact that you could slice with it um, and for a while that's how I was making stuff and then usually if I'm trying to do chops and stuff I use Gene Shift these days but. Anyway, um, the reason that I keep it around is, um, and I'll, I'll show you, I actually have two of them. I got a second one um, because I got the left one for left channel audio and one for right channel audio uh, while I was still working at Make Noise. Because now keep in mind, if you were trying to do this, these uh, back in the day before you could get them used, like it would probably cost you more than the ER301. But now nowadays you can get these pretty pretty reasonably it's a lot of hp but one of the things that's nice about it is it's um non-volatile memory so if your case turns off your sample's still in here don't worry about it er301 mm -hmm. any other any other sa uh, samplers like that you don't have to worry about that but then you have a continuously variability um this is your very speed knob here so that's reverse this is this is forward and this sets the sample rate so you can set the sample rate differently on the left channel as the right channel and even if you're sampling, you're you're going down to mono back on the ER301. Once I sample it into here, basically what that means is you're never going to have the exact same sample rate with the left channel of audio and the right channel. And it's already doing drop sample like the SP1200. So you end up getting so much aliasing with the with the and the, the phasing between those the between the two is just super pleasing. You can just you listen to it for for a long time. It's a uh, it's a different effect. I'm, I, it, yeah, I'm I agree. I agree. Yeah, on, on my setup, I actually just reset up my whole mod bap rack, as I call it, and I put the like you know I talked to the guys that that are on this show today pretty heavily uh, when I was setting it up, and at the end of the day, Phonogy made it into the rack right here, and 301 is right here. Um, for kind of similar reasons. Yeah, Ken, tell them where that Phonogene was before. Oh, the phonogene before. Hold on, I'm gonna see if I can scroll up. All the way up there in that hole. Yo, yo, he had the phonogene all the way up in the rafters, bro. I used it up there, man. If I was in your lab, be like, you ain't using that damn phonogene. You're not doing this. I was no, yeah, but that's just it. Is I had this rack custom made by Ethereal Sun, and the slope is actually the same. Uh, throw as my arm is so like it doesn't feel like I'm reaching hard to get to it at all I know it looks massive in here but like if I'm sitting in front of it like my arm goes up like I'm not moving my shoulder at all my arm goes the same throw as this Yo, so it works out perfectly for me and I'm a nerd so there's that <laughs> but yeah like yeah so I, I got I got the, the phonogene up here and the 301 here with the Fluxus 1 controlling it all 
And then I, I, I threw two analog filters. I got the, uh, the Rossum Evolution, and I had the Polaris, which honestly I put the Polaris in there just to see what was up. Um, I got the, the manual gates, which is like buttons for the 301. Uh, and I got the Benz module, which is six Vactrols, and it's also offsets and a mixer, which is dope. And then I have a maths, which is everything in the world. Uh, and then I got yeah. my little fader module. And I got a WeChuck module from uh, uh, Delptronics. So I can do like weird XY funkiness with uh, this WeChuck, which dope. is kind of cool. Yeah, it's dope so to see the, the way y'all set up y'all samplers because mine is like totally different. Like I, I took a totally different approach. I'm sorry. What was the question again, Jamar? No, I was just saying, like, it's dope to see the way you guys are setting your samplers up because I kind of took a totally different approach to it. Like, I'm using Morphogene and Magneto for, like, my sampling stuff. I'm using – what I'll do is I'll sample – I'll use, like, like a simple-ass rings patch into uh, Magneto, and then I'll record that, and then I'll pitch it all the way down and put some shift on it and it gives up this like old school 70s. It really sounds like vinyl when you get done yeah. doing that. Yeah, well, I've seen like you do that and I love the way you make a step. That's that's the dope thing about phonogen and morphogen because you could do that kind of thing with it. Right. Yeah. And it's quite easy to get there. Super yeah. fast. I'm super so, fast. And so the other what, thing that I didn't mention too is uh, that the, the phasing goes different. Like um, when you have the left channel and right channel, like uh, over time, one will take one will uh like end the the loop before the other one because it's constantly looping, right? And so you can just sit back and listen to it for a half hour, and like the left channel is slowly drifting from right, and it just goes crazy. Yeah. So that's what I was trying to think of earlier when I was looking at the phone jeans. Yeah, I, I, like, I go I go through a lot of like like I'll I'll run it into Magneto, I'll record it there and slow it way down, and then I'll record that into Morphogene and then speed it back up. It just it's like some craziness. Yeah, Magneto uh, does that tape that tape saturation effect so well, man. Like that thing is just phenomenal. Yeah. But you don't need that if you got a ER three hundred one, right? Well, I mean, you could do tape stuff, but not the magneto is the magneto. Like, don't yeah. don't belittle the magneto in any way, because like I I've had it. In well, my I'm life. not. I'm just I'm just. And I'm just to the saying, like, of, like it is uh, a purpose built, beautiful sounding piece word. of kit. Like the the spring <laughs> uh, emulation on it, yeah. sounds like sounds like a perfect spring. I mean, it really sounds right. The tape saturation sounds dead on, like. To me, that thing is worth the space in your rack because, like, money alone, like, it's worth the actual space that it takes up because yeah, well laid out and it sounds phenomenal. Did they Word. send you that one, Ken? Or did yeah, you buy that they one? They did. They did, and I, I okay. sent it back, and I still feel the same way. Like, I'm going to buy one. Like, Gotcha. It, yeah, yeah, that's what's up. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's yo, one of the best modules that I spent my money on. I can say that. I, I, had, really I had the, uh, I had the Rainmaker. And I sold the Rainmaker, and I don't regret it one bit. I think it's cool for what it is, but I don't regret selling it one bit. I feel like I can do the same kind of stuff in uh, VSTs and not and not cry about it. But man, the the way the Magneto is set up, it yeah, feels well. so musical. Like it just feels like an instrument to me. Like it's great. I got a real Space Echo right here, and I'm telling you, like, yeah, Magneto is the truth. So. Um, one thing that I, I really like about the way that Jamar works is uh, is that basically his process, it eliminates a lot of the the problems that 
I had specifically when I was in NPC world, I know other people have it too, where you get like writer's block and creativity block. Like when you get into those zones, the thing that's great about modular is that you can, you can build assets, you know, or you can either, you can either build stuff in it that'll help you with your workflow, or you can do what Jamar's doing, which is organizing and sampling sounds and just making shit that you like that later on you can go stitch together and make that you can go treat like it's vinyl later. That's the whole thing we said on the mod bat panel about, you know, being able to create stuff that you can flip later the same way that we would on samplers back in the day with sli- slice and chop stuff that we've previously made. You know what I mean? And that is that is a dope thing. And that's uh that's one of the things I tend to do that a lot with morphogene without even realizing it. Like I'll sample stuff in there, it'll just be in there sitting, and then later mm-hmm. on I'll come across it and I'll either add some texture under whatever I'm making, yeah. or either I'll grab that, open up the the you know, the gene size and all that so I can sample it and chop it in into something else yeah when i first got into this like my main focus was like how can i stop sampling i want to make stuff that sounds like samples or make video gamey-esque sounding sequences Mm -hmm. and you know i've really been able to like capitalize on that and i'm very you know, I'm very grateful that I was able to do that. It took a lot of like, you know, researching and trying stuff out, but I've come to a point where like, honestly, right now, I, I'm not in a need for anything right now. I'm not like, oh, I need this. I need this. I need this. Like my right. rack is pretty, I mean, my rig is pretty much, you know, I'm, I'm I can, I can make do with what I have. I'm mm-hmm. now well, you can more than make do with what you have. You're killing it. you can make do what you have like you over there kill it like you got uh the way you do your thing is real dope everybody should definitely uh hey uh, after this is over everybody make sure to send me their uh social media stuff i have some of it but please send it to me in that email that i sent you guys so that i can make sure that that's in the description because you know people are, are asking about that but yo without further ado we're gonna uh bring this to a close hold on Corey. hold on i just want to give a quick update that's worth it update worth on it. what it's worth it's, it. worth it. it's on it? it's on the sp2400 okay okay <laughs> okay. Hey, ain't nobody gonna stop when you talk about the SP twenty four hundred. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so uh, as some people might know or not, you know, you check, you can check my channel and you, you'll find out more info. But yeah, I, I have a direct line with Isla Instruments about the SP twenty four hundred. So I promised everybody that I'd give updates as I got them, and I specifically hit them up as we were doing the show, like, hey. You got any updates that I can tell people about? So I'm going to read this pretty much verbatim. Um, This is the info that I got. So currently, uh, user interface board code is finished. Everything is checking out good. Now working on an initialization code for the main audio board, then porting the code from the development engine over to that. So what that means is that uh, probably this week, the, uh, the, those prototypes that are being built right now, there's three prototypes that are being built. One is going to the owner of Isla, who is, you know, the main guy creating how it looks and all that good stuff. Uh, and the other two are going to the actual, uh, coding developers. Um, those should be up and running probably by the end of next week. And, uh, so we should start seeing audio and actual, like, like, and keep in mind, it's early audio because they're still voicing and all that great stuff. But, 
it means that the project is moving forward at a really good pace. No problems with the with the um, the layouts to the boards or anything like that. Everything is rocking forward. So as I get more info, hopefully I'll have a prototype in here pretty soon and be able to show people some audio demos as well. But as soon as I can get proper audio demos up, I'll be showing people and I'm I'm excited. Word. That's what's up. So word, actually, that was a good update, man. Appreciate that because I know everybody is kind of wondering what's up with the SB twenty four hundred, and you could definitely get more information from Ken when he's gonna. When we get closer to release on this, we're gonna have. Oh, and he will be on the show, by the way. Yeah, he's gonna be on the show. Closer to release. Well, I've already talked. I've already talked to him about it. I just want to wait until like the the units are at a position to where it makes sense you know what i mean to have them on the show and like and we'll we'll grill the shit out of them and <laughs> have a good time like it's going to be dope so we'll grill the yeah. shit out of them and have a good time it's not like a barbecue <laughs> 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 or so so yo i want to say uh thanks for everybody for tuning in it's been a good conversation man um you know, I do think, uh, you know, what I'm going to do at some point me and Aaron going to have a show that's going to be mostly geared towards the the force because Aaron just got a force and and he's diving in on that joint because at the Synthplex, um, I did some impromptu sort of impromptu workshops almost. <laughs> and then Aaron went in and grabbed him one. So thanks, Aaron, for jumping on the show. Thanks, uh, Lee, for jumping on the show. Ali, thanks, D Still, Ken. Everybody, Yo, grab Aaron's vinyl. If, if you get a chance, grab Aaron's vinyl. Aaron Geis. Oh, yeah. If you're in Chicago, you could actually get that vinyl at 606 Records. So it's, it's dope stuff. Um, but yeah, man, more to come. Thanks for, for checking us out. This is Beat People Podcast, 4-5th. All right, peace. Oh.